This is a Boathouse Studios podcast. To support this podcast and other podcasts like it, visit patreon.com slash boathouse studios or subscribe to Boathouse Studios on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your ear content. That's Boathouse Studios, B-O-A-T-H-A-U-S Studios, house spelt the German way. Now, regardless of what this thing is, it's a priceless scientific find. So our more prior concern now is to determine who owns such a valuable skeleton. And I propose I do. Welcome to Too Bad Neighbor. You want to take it again, or is that good? Are you, you, you happy with that? <laughs> I've never been happy. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, that's fantastic. Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors. Uh, my name... I don't know why it made me laugh so much. I don't know either. This time. It's, it's <laughs> really I'm very good yeah, yeah. at keeping a straight face, even when I read funny ones. Yeah, but that's... for some reason, I just... <laughs> like, what a weird... I propose I do. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you own it? Well, he he jumped on it real fast. Yeah, that's smart. That's the. I think that's, <laughs> that's the way the, to do it. Yeah, in this episode in particular, that shows a lot of uh, foresight on his part. That's right. Because you know, like, I think Homer is like, oh, he claimed it, but if I take it, if I take it, it's yeah, mine. <laughs> possession nine tenths of the law. Finders versus keepers. Yes. Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors, everybody. <laughs> my name's Alan. And my name is Greg, and this is your encyclopedic compendium for all things Simpsons seasons 1 through 10. My name is Greg. And my name's Alan. And, and this is your encyclopedic compendium of all things Simpsons. <laughs> my name is Greg. Oh, God, we're stuck in a loop. Oh, shit. Pull out. <laughs> uh, what's, what's going on, man? We, we haven't seen each other for a while. I guess uh, we, we were off last week. Uh, we, we released our uh, a Patreon... Um, Sneak peek instead. What? Or not last week. Was no. it two weeks ago? Yeah. Fuck. We did the... We, we did the... Uh, Time has no meaning. Um, We did the two Mrs. Nahasapima Petalons in the backyard last week. That was last week? Oh, why does it feel like it's been two weeks? Are you sure? I'm not sure. Um, it's It's been it's been a minute. It's it been was, a minute. No, it, it was last week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, two um, weeks ago we were off. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, but you're right. It's been it's been a bit because we were Tuesday. We, we also were, haven't played D and D in a while. We haven't. You know? Yeah. Like there's like our our normal routine has been uh, not as normal. Yeah. These this last week or so. so. Yeah. It's because I've started my job again. That's true. Right. That's yeah. what it is. And I'm like, it's a really weird feeling working mm-hmm. after being really used to not working for mm. three months. Mm-hmm. March, April, May, June. yeah, probably, yeah, probably about three months after at least all is said and done, because uh, definitely all of April and May, and then two weeks in March and two weeks in June. So yeah, three months. There you go. Um, that's a whole season. That is a whole season of a year of <laughs> of television. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, but we're actually inside. We're inside. We're, we're in, in your little basement. Yeah, we're in the basement. We're not in the podcasting room. No. Because it's too small. Too small. To, can't, can't socially distance. Yeah. To be distance. to be safe or as safe as I would like. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I went back to work. I'm working at Heritage Park right now doing their going? street stuff. It's right now tiring, but a lot of fun. Good. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just weird getting back into that mode. Yeah. Um, just the constant like productive, just 
be productive in to, and go to work, mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. up and drive somewhere. I was very, very happy not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm actually I'm I'm pretty happy having somewhere to go three yeah. days, three Some or four kind days of a like, week. Uh, routine. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, just making it, making it's it's making it, it makes going through weeks a little bit easier. Um, while being harder at the same time because now I don't have all the time in the world to, you know, do what I want to do, right. like uh, have people over to play D and D. Yeah. In the backyard, but I really do want to do that again. Um, very soon we should do it on like sunday or or monday or i mean you know i'm free something yeah I, yeah i guess i'm especially just a, if you if you like you know set a date early enough because like yeah. i do like i say i'm free but i also like i try to plan things you yeah. know to do because i don't want to sit at home all day right. so like you know i'm not 100 percent. it's not like oh name a day and i'll be there um but name a day and if i don't have something going on i'll book that off for for D and it'll be it'll make it happen you know what i did recently that was different Hmm. Yesterday, I uh, had a had a band practice. That's cool. Outside, that's fun. Yeah, for the first time since November. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty sweet. Yeah, it was cool. It was really nice. It was mm-hmm. really really nice. It was nice outside. It was a uh, it was a fun time. Because um, apparently, I have a gig coming up. Oh really? Yeah. What's that? Uh, there's a there's something going on down at Angels Cafe in Bonas. That's like right near my house. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I only found out that it was Angels Cafe yesterday. Oh shit! Yeah, I thought it was a they they because they've been opening up a little bit and yeah. a little bit and a little bit, so they've actually decided to have it at the actual venue. Cool. Yeah. Well, let me know and I'll be there. Cool. I'll uh I'll see if I can actually do it. Yeah, that, that's fair. <laughs> I hope I can. Um. And today, sorry, this is a really long how have you been, but <laughs> I, I actually have things to say for yeah. the first time in a long time. Today, we've settled on a venue for our wedding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which one is it? We're going to do the Kananaskis Country. That was the one you were leaning towards anyway, We right? were leaning towards that yeah. one. I'm not going to say it's happening in K-Country. Sure. I'm not yeah. going to say exactly say where. Exact- in case your wedding gets mobbed. <laughs> you never by, know. We could, we could blow up in a year. <laughs> Because <laughs> it is next year. Who are all these people, Greg? I don't know. I don't know. None of them were invited. They're all wedding <laughs> they're all, crashers. They're, they're all wearing like Homer Simpson masks. It's terrifying. It's absolutely awful. Um, and by That's then, great. by then, who knows? We might be done this thing. That's true. Yeah. 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 At the rate we're going, we might just It'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a year. We could be done in a year. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Definitely. That's the goal. I mean, that's what we want. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're done with this shit. We're, uh, we want to call it a day. Uh, no, we actually, this is actually a really fun episode that we're going to talk about today. It is. Yes. Um, but before we do that, how have you been? I have been fine. All right. <laughs> you know, uh, I've been doing, I've, not not much has changed since since we, you know, for me. Right. Uh, still doing weekly trivia, still doing... Um, that's it. Okay. <laughs> that's the only thing that's like stable in my life. Um, well, we yeah. watched um, we watched a film. 
mm-hmm. for our movie club. Mm-hmm. Uh, we watched Love and Basketball, mm-hmm. which was <laughs> a fucking treat. It's a great movie. I have to say. Um, yeah, it was an absolute joy to watch that movie. As I said before on the uh, during our chat, I had only ever seen like the movie channel uh, previews for it. I don't know if I'd ever heard of it before, honestly, which seems weird because like, I'm such a movie guy. But yeah. like, I don't know, like I, I just I think I I just missed a lot of the like romantic films in the early 2000s because I also like I, like uh, I feel like Save the Last Dance is around that time as well. Totally really watched that one. Um, yeah, I just I think I was in that like <laughs> I guess I would have been uh, 15 or so uh, in 2000. So I was in that like young teenager rebellious like i'm i listen to corn and like i go see armageddon like those like that was kind of my attitude at the time so so i think i just missed a lot of the like um quote unquote (laughs) non-cool films in that era and and not to say this film isn't cool but just like to a 15 year old i was like i don't want to see a movie about love or basketball see i really wanted to see this movie but i just never saw it i just never was able to and that's like if I had leaned, I feel like if I had leaned into wanting, if uh, just making a point of seeing the movies that I really wanted to see when I was a when I was a kid, when I was that age, yeah, I think I would have maybe had a girlfriend in high school. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Right, may may have been more well adjusted than yeah, you were. Yeah, yeah, because it took me a really that. long yeah. time to come around to it because I really wanted to see those movies. Mostly because people took their clothes off, but they also have like really bonus. great stories to them. I mean, that's the love part. There's also basketball. Yeah, and, and the basketball is pretty cool. And they take their clothes off in they basketball too. Uh, <laughs> they kiss as well. Yeah, I mean, just like people kissing is nice. Yeah, people. I, here's uh, here's what I'm gonna say to any y- potential young listeners we have. Sure. Anything that you think is uncool is probably not. And anything that you believe would make you uncool because you enjoy it is a lie. Enjoy what you want, watch what you want, do what you want, and uh, just you know, just be kind and respectful, and and <laughs> with you know, small asterisks on do what you want. But mm-hmm, yeah, you know, just make sure like you don't feel. Uh, speaking as someone who definitely felt this like pressure to be quote unquote cool and never was like. <laughs> like it never succeeded anyway even if i even if i thought it would um you know just watch the things that you like i remember seeing notting hill in theaters and it was a delight and i felt like weird for liking it and i shouldn't have no you shouldn't have but i i completely get that yeah because it's one of those things where you have to like rewind and be like wait a minute is this actually was this good Mm -hmm. and chances are yeah, yeah it was if you watched it five times it's probably because it was good Play D and D if you want to play D and D. Fucking do it. Yeah, that was another thing that I was like, oh, that's for nerds, so I shouldn't do that. That's exactly even though how secretly I, feel. I wanted to. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's just one of those things. Uh, World of Warcraft. Play that if you want to. You know, I was hesitant to play that at first. I had a great time during that heyday. I don't play it anymore, but like there was definitely a time where it was like a lot of fun when I was playing with friends online. There's just so many things in the world that are like fun. <laughs> like just enjoy things. Yeah, enjoy things, and maybe who knows? Maybe you'll turn them into something that you do for a living. That's true. It's a possibility. We're trying. We're trying. <laughs> Uh, and we're almost there. All I'm saying is don't be skeptical. That's true. About 
or else that you like. you'll turn into a Lisa. Yeah. Which wait, you know what? No. That's you should we should all be Lisas because Lisa's the best character on the wait, show. Wait, be skeptical. A be critically critical thinking. That's right. That's what I advocate. Think critically. Ask but, questions. And skepticism is often tied with that. But mm-hmm. uh, but I don't mean be skeptical about like things you enjoy. That's right. Be skeptical. Skeptical. Be skeptical if you find an angel skeleton. Yes. In the ground. Definitely be skeptical of that. Because chances are it's a hoax. It's most likely a hoax. Or a publicity stunt. Publicity stunt. A publicity stunt. That's what I said. I know. This is a plublub. <laughs> We're just gonna call it a plublub. A plublub. Because here's the thing. Angels. If they exist, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in them, but to each their own. Probably wouldn't die on Earth and leave a skeleton behind. No, no, they wouldn't. They would fall to Earth, mm. much like Nicolas Cage in City of Angels. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then they would go on to lead a normal life without wings. Mm. And fall in love with Meg Ryan. Yes, but it's a short-lived affair because mm. uh, God is cruel. Cruel. He's got a sense of humor. And he does. (laughs) But he gave up forever to touch her. And I know that you'll feel feel me somehow. (laughs) Yeah. This is the second episode in a row we're talking about City of Angels. (laughs) (laughs) This one makes more sense, though. Yes, it does. (laughs) It's weird that it was brought up last time, arguably. (laughs) Is it? Because because you just watched it. I just watched it. (laughs) And I really like talking about movies. (laughs) But wouldn't it have been cool, wouldn't it have been interesting if you had just watched it before this episode? Yes, it would have been much more appropriate. Because then it would have been like a cool little, yeah. like, uh, well, what do you call it? I mean, Coincidence? We yeah, we... Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit, what do you... What do you call that thing? What do you call it when, um, where's that thing that you use to dig food? <laughs> a spoon? Yeah, that's it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's a nice day out. I'm mm-hmm. feeling I'm I'm in a I'm in a positive mood. Today. Oh, ditto. So we had a little a little uh, popsicle. Yeah, from the ice cream man. I had a Sonic the Hedgehog. I had a Spider Man, and everything's good. Everything's good. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, let me tell you about Sonic the Hedgehog. Please do. I saw it in theaters. Did you? Yes. So pre-COVID, obviously. No. What? I saw it on Monday. Like recently? Where did you see it? Canyon Meadows. They're open? They're open. Those sons of bitches. Yes. <laughs> it was amazing. There's a picture of me. I'll send it to you. Uh, <laughs> there's a picture of me that Allie took in the middle. This is, okay, this is 3.15 in the afternoon on a Monday. And we're in Sonic the Hedgehog, a movie that has been available to rent since February. Yep. So I'm in the theater, and it is Balls empty. Okay? Amazing. And it's just me with a big thumbs up and a big tub of popcorn in an empty theater. Amazing. And it was the best. It was the best. Alan, I know you know this because movie theaters rule. I love movie theaters. Uh, Cineplex announced they're like opening some theaters at the end of the month. Yes, they are. Um, and I like every time I read that, I'm like, tell me which ones. Yes. God damn it. Because I haven't found out which ones. There's definitely going to be at least one in Calgary. It's there's got to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If it's the six, biggest. Like, it's the biggest yeah. city in the province. So I would guess. Gonna... I would guess two. Two Calgary. Two Edmonton. Mm. Maybe one Lethbridge, one Red Deer. The only one in, in uh, yeah, Lethbridge. One in but you know what I mean. Like the I feel movie like the... mail apparently is open. Okay, so that's fine <laughs> because this, they're second run movies, right? right? So and they can the actually Canyon Meadows as well. Yeah, um, but but they were saying that they're 
like when they open, the, when Cineplex opens, obviously they don't have any new movies to to put on, so they're there just going to put on movies that like probably Trolls World Tour and like you know those kind of. So I wonder if because I didn't think of, I was trying to think, I was like, which movies have come out since the pandemic that were like just sent to uh, home video that I haven't seen that I'd like to see in the theater. Um, and I couldn't really think of any, but like Sonic might be one I would see. Did you see Invisible Man? I did not. That would be one to see as it's, well. It's yeah. fun. If they if they manage to bring it to theaters, yeah. I would recommend seeing it in theaters. It's very was, effective. Yeah. Basically, <clears throat> I guess I didn't mention this, but I was like, as, I'm like, as soon as the theater is opening, I'm fucking going. I'm like, going to live there. I mean, I... <laughs> I go to movies by myself anyway. Yeah. So like, you know, I'm like, if they're following the right protocols and whatnot and like they keep people away from me and I can like, that's also a better experience anyway. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no one's sitting next to me. Um, if they're helping with that, that's yeah. great. Cool. Because what's the one thing that we all look for in a movie theater? It's a seat with two open ones on either side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the best. Um, I'm very excited to go to movie theater again. Uh, I've done, I've, I think I told you this. I ordered from Cineplex uh, on Mm. Skip the Dishes once and watched the movie Frequency. (laughs) Hell yeah. Caviezel, Quaid. Come on. All stars. (laughs) I'm still here, Chief. Oh, what a great movie. I love that ending. It's so good. (laughs) It makes no sense, but I'm like, I don't care. It doesn't. He's there. He's back. He's dead. Movies are great, everybody. Uh, please, please. <laughs> this is maybe a stupid plea, but like, go to the movie theater when they open, if you feel comfortable, and you know yeah. all that kind of thing. But like, I'm I I am honestly very concerned about movie theaters going under. Um, yeah, it's a very real this. possibility because it was already like even before the pandemic, like they were already struggling for the past like ten years. You know? Yeah, it was a slow. It was a slow demise. Yeah, that might have been exponentially increased by this unfortunateness. Yeah, and I don't like that because it was one of my favorite places outside of my house to go. Same. I it's it's such a like weird comfort is like going to a movie theater and as even even the worst experience I've had in a movie theater is still like weirdly comforting. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like when there's shitty people talking or you're in bad seat and sticky floor. Like for some reason, there's just something about it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Something about the way it grooves, yeah, on screen. So when I when I saw Sonic, it was um, it was really nice. The movie's yeah. actually pretty good. I've seen some clips, and I'm like, oh, like I think I'll enjoy this movie. Yeah, yeah. It's got, it's like it's got some hokey bits, but at the same time, it's like it's a Sonic movie, and it's it's nice. And the way he gets his signature shoes is actually really sweet. Cool. Um, and Jim Carrey rules. It's been a long time since I've seen him do his thing. Yeah. And I miss him. You never realize what you've got until it's gone. And he brings an uncomparable, incomparable energy to any movie that he's in. Agreed. Except for maybe Eternal Sunshine, because that's a completely different energy that he's bringing. And but he brings is, the right kind of energy. He definitely brings the yeah. right kind. I don't I'm not going to I'm not going to rip on his performance in that. I, it might be his best performance. Um mm, <laughs> second best. What would you say is best? Truman. Truman Show? I think Truman Show is his best because I think I think, I think that's the perfect balance but it's that's why. You know, from his like goofiness yeah. to his serious side. That's um, that's why I think it is that because he kind of like walks he starts out with the goofiness and then walks yeah. over to the drama and then um and lives in it for yeah. a really great amount of time. It's like, what if a Jim Carrey character 
found out he was a Jim Carrey character. That's interesting. Like, that's an interesting just kind of like concept because like movie stars, it's hard to sometimes it's hard to pinpoint their best performance because they're movie stars. Like Tom, like if I was like, what's Tom Cruise's best performance? You know? Oh, that's um. I that's think there's tough. some so there's some top contenders, definitely. But like you know, yeah. like there's there's not a clear like oh it's definitely this. no. Um, so this is just a great this is just a great question because it's one of my favorite questions uh-huh. because do you ever have this where like anytime people are like oh I don't like Tom Cruise you're like you just stand up and you're like here's why you're wrong. <laughs> oh, Tom Cruise, a hundred percent. Like I'm yeah. like I'm like listen, I get it if you don't like him as a person. Yeah, but he isn't a fantastic presence he's the one of the best movie stars in the world uh one of the I've, best there's I've, ever been i and like i think he's a very good actor when he wants to be but uh he just often doesn't need to be really because yeah. i put collateral up there collateral's a good one yeah i put jerry Maguire. jerry Maguire might be my number one right now just because it uses at the time it uses everything about him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and completely tears him down i mean i think you know my my vote um. Oh yeah, definitely Magnolia, right? Of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah and I, I and, and for a similar reason, in a way, like where it's like it, it's it using uses, his movie star yeah. status to be like, like put him on this like in in this zone of like uh, he's this uh, this force of nature that and then like and yeah like breaking him down and being like but like let's look at what he's actually like as a person and he's fucking damaged and crippled and like can't deal with his father dying. And I'm like, that's fucking great. <laughs> and then my my actual favorite one is Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's why we said Jerry Maguire. I was like, oh, yeah. I would have I would have picked yeah. Eyes Wide Shut as your yeah. as your number one. Because I think it does what Jerry Maguire does, only better. Yeah. Uh I mean Kubrick versus uh Crow. <laughs> sorry. Ah. Sorry, bud. Yeah, sorry. Uh but uh yeah, Kubrick's uh, on another level. Um what I was gonna say though is like Jim Carrey has that similar kind of idea where um what like what is his best performance? And I think Truman shows a good example of that same kind of thing we're talking about with with Cruz, um, but I think Eternal Sunshine is actually his best performance. But it it's because it strips away any like pretense of his movie star uh, persona, and so I get why maybe like it doesn't seem as good as as of a performance because it doesn't use it. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it is his probably his best performance because he he is just completely devoid of that movie star uh, status, like. Like you watch Ace Ventura and then you watch Eternal Sunshine, you're like, is this the same person? Like, I yeah. it, clearly he looks the same. He's got the same face. Aside from that, I would never t- guess this is the same. You know what I mean? That's a really great point. Um, it's almost, it's almost like that. The because in Truman, in Truman Show, he's able to uh, show this deep sadness that is that that is there. Mm-hmm. Um. And he's he can also, do the wackiness too, though. Yeah. When he starts like you know driving around in circles and yeah. like that that kind of uh, part of his arc, and he does the same thing in Man on the Moon. Yeah, which is like he shows the wackiness and he has this uh, underlying sadness to it. Where in Eternal Sunshine, it's like it's like forget the wackiness. This is all raw nerve sadness. It's it, it's the closest he's gotten to like a real like Robin Williams style performance. Totally. And that's one of the things that just wrecks you about Robin Williams movies is that all of his dramas have this happiness, but this underlying tragedy sadness, yeah. and deep sadness to them. All of his best dramas do. And his best comedy. 
I think, <laughs> has that as well. I think World's Greatest Dad is his best comedy. And he is... Yeah, I mean, if yeah, I don't know if I'd classify that as a comedy. I know it's like marketed as a dark comedy. That's true. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I remember... It's hard to say it's a straight-up comedy. Yeah, yeah. But uh, um, all that being said, uh, Truman Show is very, very much about... Uh, one person discovering that the world around him is not real. Mm-hmm. Much like perhaps the residents of Springfield did mm-hmm. in this episode. That's true. Um, because the whole idea of being presented with the fact that maybe an angel fell to earth, died in the... And then like when it you know appears on the hill and says the end will come at sundown, like... We don't know. No, we don't. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, so let's talk about this episode. Let's talk about it. This is the episode Lisa the Skeptic. <laughs> Thanks for indulging us on that movie uh, tirade, but, you know, that's what we do. Uh, this is the eighth episode of season nine, written by David X. Cohen and directed by Neil Affleck. No relation, as far as I know. Uh, original air date, November 23rd, 1997. This is a good episode. Yeah, it is, <laughs> right? It's a good episode. This was always, like... I think, it, like, even, like, long ago, probably even before we started this podcast, when I was still on the, like, season nine is not my favorite train, um, whereas, like, now I'm more on the season nine is bad train, <laughs> if that's a clear enough distinction. They're, they um, might be the same train, but definitely separate cars. For sure. <laughs> but back but back then, I remember always thinking, I would look at the list of episodes in season nine, and I would see Lisa the Skeptic, and I'm like... But I like that one. Like, that's one I really like. So I always knew this was one uh, that stood out in this season for me as, like, a good episode. And one that I think would belong easily in 6, 7, or 8. Mm. Um, maybe more so 7 or 8. 6 is maybe a little out there for 6, but fuck, who knows. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I really like this episode. Uh, I love... I, I mean, I'm a big skeptic. I'm a non-believer in a lot of things. And uh, I love that the episode doesn't really come down on either way if that makes sense like there's no clear like obviously it's like it's not basically the episode's not saying angels are impossible to be real it's just saying in this case lisa was correct um which makes sense you know (laughs) the the episode is able to not come down on either side because it does the very smart thing by writing scenes between marge and lisa yes and that's where the heart of the mm. episode lies and it's so smart. It's and I love like, you know, to just jump right to it. Like I love the ending uh part where Lisa's so steadfast in her beliefs, literally until the point that the angel rises and says, like, behold, or I can't remember what it says, but you know, it says something. Silence. Silence, that's what it is. And Lisa immediately hugs her mom. Because yeah. she's like, What like what if like this this could be the moment where I realize everything I believed is wrong. And and here we go. And she's terrified. <laughs> um, I would be and, too. You know, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, not to get too, I guess, like too religious or personal on my on my end, but I'm an atheist. I don't believe in in religion or God or anything like that. But if there was some kind of irrefutable proof of that thing happening, yeah, I would believe. You know, like it's not that because like a lot of people will assume like as like someone who's an atheist is like uh, nothing will ever change your mind. And it's like, no, no, like things can definitely change my mind. Ghosts as well. Like I don't believe in ghosts. If like I saw irrefutable proof of a ghost, I'd be like, yep, ghosts are real. Cool. I get it now. <laughs> you know? It's the faith part that that you can't hurdle. Yeah. 
and I get that because yeah, I'm a science man. I, I'm 100. Uh, you know, whatever. What what has science ever done for us? I'm like a lot of things. A lot of I like things. It. A lot of things. We got to the moon. Yeah. Uh, Allegedly. All right. <laughs> Don't even fucking begin with me on that shit. Holy shit. You know, let's let's open the door. <laughs> conspiracy C- corner. Come on into the conspiracy <laughs> corner, okay? Let me roll out this whiteboard. I've been working on this for a while. I mean, I will say there was a uh, I'm on the dating apps and there was a person who said like it's like my most controversial opinion is the moon landing was the first moon landing was fake. And I was like, oh, goodbye. Yeah. Good. <laughs> you know, like immediately. No, thank you. <laughs> Don't want to deal with Goodbye. That. You could be an amazing person in every other aspect. But yeah. that's just that's a that's a big hurdle for me. Have you seen the Apollo 11 documentary that came out last year? No. Holy shit. Holy shit. It's incredible. Great. It's an unnarrated documentary made completely from archival footage that was taken up to and during the actual mission. Cool. Yeah. You have footage of all of it. And they remastered it. This is why science is amazing. They were able to, not just moon and rocket science, but motion picture science. Yeah, like technology. Were, yeah, technology science. They were able to extract this film from those cameras and blow it up into IMAX format. Cool. And make it an IMAX film. Sweet. From 16 millimeter. Love it. It's incredible. <laughs> What's it called? Do you remember? Apollo 11. Oh, it's just called, okay. Yeah, <laughs> straight up exactly Apollo what, 11. What you expect, yeah. All you need. <laughs> it's clean, <laughs> clear. You get it. Uh, yeah, and that's Apollo 12. Apollo 12 was a uh, moon landing mission that went off uh, similarly to Apollo 11. It, okay. was, it was successful. Just, it was just good. Yeah. yeah. It was a successful I just like mission. I always hear about Apollo 11 and Apollo 13, but never Apollo 12. Well, it was Apollo, just like it was unnotable. Apollo 13 was notable for the fact that they didn't it, make yeah, it and yeah. they had to orbit and come back. Yeah. Um, whereas 14, 15, 16, 17 all made it and came back. Right. Yeah. And then Apollo 18 is a, a shitty horror movie. It, is it really? Yes. <laughs> It's a found footage it. horror movie about like there was an the Apollo and eighteen oh, no. and they found <laughs> moon monsters. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> it's a pretty great concept. Um so let's get out of the conspiracy corner for yeah, a second. Okay. Well, this whole the, actually this whole episode kind of exists in the conspiracy corner because I mean, yeah, it's in they, that in that realm. Yeah, because they use what they they use actual ideas of hoaxes to bring this episode to life. Uh, Lisa's dealing with a hoax, um, and the I feel like correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like this episode from the jump, from the boat giveaway, is an exceptionally angry episode it Hmm. might be just the state of the world right now that's Mm -hmm. allowing me to see it this way but it does seem pissed off at at every piece of authority yeah oh definitely from yeah from capitalism to religion to the police Mm -hmm. to schools um any institution of authority more so than a lot of simpsons episodes that we've covered but it's it's in the it feels like it's in the vein of some of those great old episodes that do have a chip on its shoulder. Yeah, and I feel like this one really does. This episode's very like it, it's about manipulation. Mm-hmm. Like that's the that's the main like theme of this movie or movie, this episode. <laughs> Soon, <laughs> um, like you have the boat giveaway that's manipulating the the thieves, yeah. right? 
Uh, you have even yeah, like, it's, it, they're manipulating thieves. They're manipulating low rent criminals and people like Homer. Yeah, who have <laughs> just parking tickets. Parking tickets. <laughs> um, but also the like one of my favorite little bits in this episode is the uh, um, all the grade A students will be rewarded with a paleonto- paleontological dig, and all the uh, like low end students will be punished with paleontology... No, I can't say that word. With an archaeological... Ar- thank you. It is archaeological, yeah. <laughs> archaeological dig. And, like, again, that's manipulation, right? Because it's like... Which is, like, it's smart. It's a smart way to do it, to be like... Yep. Um, like, Even Lisa manipulates Skinner into yep. making... Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the the kind of vast uh, conspiracy of the episode, which is the Megamall uh, manipulating the entire town. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like... Like, let's talk about that because that's a bananas marketing gimmick that I feel like totally work. I feel like it would work, but it would also like in real life it would be catastrophic as well. There would be so many angry people. Like the the episode toys with that a little bit, but then it like very much you know veers to the comedy mob mentality thing where it's like, yeah, but there's low prices. It's like, oh, gotta go get it. You know, is there deals on rat? Was it rat spray? Oh yeah. <laughs> out of my way you know and that's springfield which makes sense for the town it's how uh, springfield i mean like the people of springfield is how the writers view america yeah <laughs> so that's it's a very very low bar mm-hmm. that they're setting for america and frankly they've hit their heads on that bar and fallen in the mud <laughs> So many times. Yeah. So many times. Because how many times have not just not just Americans, just people, so societies that follow the doctrine of capitalism. How many times have you seen it happen where it's like a, uh, a company that does horrible, horrible things is able to get by because of deals? Mm-hmm. Right. This is just a microcosm of like this is one bad thing that this company did. Okay, but in a larger perspective, let's zoom out, and it's it's Walmart. Yeah, sure. right. Walmart's a bad company, mm-hmm. and yet nobody cares. No, it's got everything I need. It's got everything you need, and it's at rock bottom. One stop shop. Nobody cares. You know that's why they're full yeah. all the time. Yeah, because they're also some of these. Like also, if you if you can afford to ethically shop at Walmart, they don't want. <laughs> to ethically shop, then you're not the person that Walmart wants. Right. You're not the target audience. You're not. Yeah. The people that Walmart wants are the people who can only afford to shop at Walmart. It's a cycle. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's what this episode is really good at, showing that. But yes, I also kind of agree with you that if a singular mall... <laughs> was to do something like this it would be absolutely catastrophic see in a capitalist society you need to be more machiavellian that's right in the way you do your horrible shit and and that's to be uh like and to be fair it's also the fact that this occurred in 97 when the internet was still new Mm, mm -hmm. if it happened today everyone would know about it everyone would be like let's boycott this place and it would go under very quickly you know what i mean like one would hope i mean yeah theoretically (laughs) I like your faith. 
<laughs> That's where your faith is. It's in humanity. Well, again, again, Good for you. It's true. <laughs> but again, I think if it was like if Walmart did this, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, it, it'd be a flash in the pan. Like they'd issue an apology, and some people would be like, "Hey, guys, stop shopping at Walmart." Like we've been saying for twenty years, and people would be like, "Yeah, you're right. I won't do that." But most people would be like, "What? Whatever." I look. There's bread there. I need it. Um, <laughs> it's on my way home. It's uh, it's so easy. I can get all the things I need. I can get some clothes for my kids. You know, and I can also like just sit in the back in the electronics department and yeah. ignore my horrible I can family watch, for I can, a bit. I can watch a scene from Happy Feet. Um, and we'll remember and when I like, was what happy. The hell is this movie? <laughs> it's my heart song. Uh, that was the the first thing I ever saw in, uh, of Happy Feet was at Walmart when uh, I was there. And was it part, the zoo part? It was the zoo part. Oh my and I was god! Like, what the hell is this movie? This is insane. What a weird way to be introduced yeah. to that movie. I was like, oh, he's going crazy. <laughs> it's fun. That's he's throwing fish at the at the edge of the anyway. It's very um, sad. But all I was saying is, again, if it was a new mall that wasn't a corporation, it was like this is the Heavenly Hills Mall. It's a new thing where they're just trying to drum up publicity using this thing i feel like it would not last very long if they did this incredibly elaborate hoax where they fooled school children into believing there was an angel bear like how much fucking work did they put into the- <laughs> they had to create the angel yeah they did they had to bury it in the place that the the school was gonna dig and then make it look undisturbed uh-huh and then once it's like out of there they have to steal it from homer's garage Put it on the on the uh, the hill. Set up lights. Set up lights. Set up the 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 little track that brings it down to the mall and a sound system. Sound system. They have to carve in the end will happen at sundown. Like it's so elaborate. It, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. And so if they put that much work into that, and it just like ah, we just we just wanted you to come shop here, people would be like, fuck you. <laughs> There's other malls. I'll go to that mall instead. You know. So, that's how I feel. Yeah, no, you're you're right, but I find it I I find it really interesting to to think about it as a like as the metaphor. Yeah, for for like big companies doing these doing these horrible things. Um, so let me ask you something: mm-hmm. if you were like, obviously, you wouldn't believe you would be on Lisa's side mm-hmm. in this. Um, like from the jump, I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you find it um, odd that they don't give anybody else credence to be on her side? Like they don't like even split it down the middle. Like it's literally just Lisa alone against the town. Um, I don't find it odd. No, I feel like that's the the world that has been set up for mm-hmm. Springfield. Uh, do you do you feel an absence of Bart in this episode? Um, no, <laughs> I do honestly. Okay. If there's something that that I could criticize this episode for, because I really do really like this episode, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to find something to be like, what's missing? Yeah, and I think it is a little bit of the Bart thing because honestly, we haven't seen him in a little bit. Yeah, he hasn't really been the well, s- two episodes ago. Yeah, Bart Star. I guess <laughs> Bart Star. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, literally called Bart yeah. Star. <laughs> I, I think I think this season has doesn't uh, I think this new writing staff is finding that Bart is the hardest one to write for right now. I mean, yeah, I I feel like uh and I would have so liked to see him the... I would like to see him be her her champion 
again. Yeah. In this, I think that would have been an interesting thing. Not to say that the that the episode suffers because he's not in it or anything like that. I was just I'm just wondering what that might have been like. I would say there's uh, two episodes from now is uh, Miracle on Evergreen Terrace, which is very much a Bart episode. Yeah. Um, Bart Carney, which is pseudo Bart. It's even though it's called Bart Carney, it's more of a Homer episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Dust Bus has has a fair amount of Bart. That's there. There it is. That's when that's when this season gets Bart. Um, and then uh, there's again some Bart in Lisa the Simpson, but that's more of a Lisa episode. This little Wiggy is more of a Bart episode. Um, Girly Edition, I guess, is kind of a Bart, more of a Bart episode. Bart and Lisa. Um, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, most of the episodes are very Homer focused. Yeah, and I mean that's kind of the trajectory of the season or the uh, series in general. Yeah, it's the, I think it's to the detriment of this <laughs> season. Yeah, but uh, I guess like yeah, I uh, I'm a big Bart fan, as you know. Uh, when used correctly, I feel like his place in this episode would be hard to um, use him correctly, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anything, it would be interesting to see if he was just like you know, I believe you lease or like I'm on your side, you know, something like that. So like, that's what I, I was which, looking yeah, for, which I think is what you were, yeah. what you were kind of uh, aiming for. But, but I think, yeah, because it is a Lisa story and it's like very much focused on her versus the town. Um, I don't miss him, but I, I do recognize what you're saying and that like, yeah, if he, if he had a bit more of a presence, it might've been a, a positive thing for the episode. Yeah. Um, but if they if if that's if they if they ease off the throttle on him in order to give Marge her moments with Lisa, then absolutely. Then if if it's if it's like if you're gonna trim anything, if they were gonna trim there, then well, like. No. And that's what honestly that's what I like about the episode is that normally in most instances, it's uh, Bart and Homer versus Marge and Lisa, right? Mm-hmm. And so I kind of like. Um, I'm just trying to think, is there any like really good like Bart and Homer episodes? I guess like the closest is maybe Itchy and Scratchy the movie where he learns to discipline his son. Oh, where they're like at odds yeah. with each other. That's a great question. Because it, it doesn't happen often. No. And I'm sure we can think of some if we thought about it in a second. But but what I'm trying to say is like Marge versus Lisa is so rare and because they usually are such on the and it really makes sense that it would be religion that would divide them, you know? Because Lisa is a young uh skeptic, a, a young critical thinker who's very smart and you know, uh whereas Marge it like grew up, uh, you know, it's it's almost like a lot of kids, uh like a lot of millennials versus uh boomer. Uh, kind of relationships right where it's like the the boomers grew up with religion was such a thing that it's less common to have like a an atheistic uh parent um whereas like a lot of people growing up in the in the internet age like information is so much more free that like you do have a lot more people who who veer more towards that that side or at least agnostic right do we Um, do are we both kids of like like atheist parents no, my parents no. were. Uh, I guess we we didn't talk about it a lot. We didn't go to church. Like that's that's a, a definite thing. But my parents' parents, like my grandparents, were definitely uh, like uh, my gra- my mother's side was Catholic. Um, I think my my father's side was at least Christian. Um, very much like uh, they were raised to, mm-hmm. to to care about religion and that kind of thing. But they never chose that for us. Uh, so like I didn't really know about church unless I went to a friend's house who did go to church and like had a sleepover, you know, and on Saturday night and then yep. Sunday morning it's like we're all going to church. Go and I'm like, church. what? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> What's why? That mean? I'm sorry. It's I'm sorry. It's it's eight a.m. Yeah. 
<laughs> you want me to wake up? It's I have two days off. Yeah, this is awful. Why would I do this? Uh, For the rest of my life, I only have two days off, and you want me to give my morning? <laughs> Are you insane? Yeah. But yeah, so my parents were, were I, I would say, like, they may be more on the agnostic side. But I also think, I think that most likely just do their being raised by religious parents. They probably believe more than I do. Um, yeah. You know. So, yeah. So, but yeah, I do think it's rare to, to find that kind of, uh, you know, quote unquote, cool, cool mom or cool dad who's like, yeah, religion's bad. Like, let's burn it down. Let's, yeah, my parents you know. were not into it. <laughs> my parents did not like yeah. religion. They were we never went yeah never went to yeah. church not and, once and like obviously i love that but, <laughs> but i also like again not trying to to discriminate or like be mean to anyone's uh, beliefs or anything like that but i just i think it's it's a good thing personally to not force any of that stuff on a kid and to let them discover their own pathway and and maybe it will like there's kids who have atheistic uh parents who become mm-hmm. you know believers of of uh, Christian faith or whatnot, yeah. and like it happens, and and I think it's just it's it's a bad thing personally to to enforce it because because um, you can't prove this shit. I don't know. Yeah, like, it's you tough. Know, it's there's tough. so many religions out there. Like <laughs> like why why like that's why if I ever have a kid, um, he's they're gonna get all of them. <laughs> sure. I'm gonna yeah, buy like them. You can teach them about the. No, I'm gonna, I, I think religious like studies and like the idea of like just like researching religion. Oh, uh, you don't understand. Super you, you don't understand. I'm oh. gonna make them sleep on a bed of Bibles. Oh no! <laughs> gonna wake they're up. They're gonna and be they're gonna po- have like polytheistic. Uh, gonna, like I believe in all of the gods. Yes. <laughs> it's like oh no. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna get them a bu- a big book of myths uh-huh. and be like, this is your god now, <laughs> and and it's like. It's all of them. Worship every single one, and uh, and and then talk to your mother. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm gonna be like a very distant father figure. Yeah. All right, child. Your 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 lesson today is Stanley Kubrick. God, <laughs> maybe. Fine. We're starting a new religion. If, if you come to me with an answer, <laughs> we'll find out. And then they come to me with the answer yes, and I'm like, no. Oops, that's wrong. <laughs> Just a you man. Fooled. That was that yeah. person's just a man. <laughs> all right? And so are all those people in those books. They were just made up. It was all made up. And then he's yeah. gonna be like, Dad, what are you doing? What are you what are you talking about? And then I'm gonna say, That's that was the lesson. The Don't only, read. The only true gods are the 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 Valar. That's the, and that I'm gonna give them the Silmarillion. And then you're gonna be like, You pick which <laughs> of the Valar is your favorite. <laughs> and then we better not be Melkor, though. Yeah, <laughs> old devil. See, <laughs> and we joke, but I also like. I'm like, if someone believed in like the Valar, I'm like, that's as it has just as much credence. Crazy to me as believing in. Yeah. Anyway, uh, believe what you want. Enjoy your life. Just be kind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. But but again, uh, the 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 clashing between Marge and uh, Lisa in this episode is, I think, very uh, real. It's also done so uh, understanding. The the scene where Lisa's like, right, right, mom? Like, you're on my side. And she's like, and she's like, 
you can tell like Marge didn't want to have this conversation, you know. Don't call them morons, please. Yeah, and it's and it's it's a nice little moment where she's like, "But mom, you're you're an intelligent woman." And it's like, "Yeah, but I still believe in this." You know, and it's nice. And yeah, and I love the the ending too where uh, you know, when the angel started speaking, you were squeezing my hand pretty hard. Like That's so loud. Of course, she's an eight year old. Like Thanks for squeezing back. Yeah, it's it's very lovely. And I, I think it's a very nice uh relationship exploration without again, without coming down on like, you know, religion's stupid or uh science is stupid. You know, it's like it's like list like look at the world, this is what people believe, and like let's try and be nice to each other. It's very important that they don't give either of them an I told you so moment. Exactly. Yeah. Um, because we don't need that. And actually, I was reading this. The original ending of the episode was Marge uh, uh, basically saying to Lisa, "I'm sorry, I didn't believe in you more, or like mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't agree with your beliefs more." Um, but I think it's very smart to uh, to change it to, yeah, just like a listen. Like neither of us knew 100 percent what was happening in that moment. But we were there for each other, and we held each other's hand. And, like, that's very sweet. It is. Yeah. It's exactly how the episode needs to end. I think it makes this episode a top of this season. Yep. Agreed. I mean, not the top, but close. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no comment. Um <laughs> So, Stephen Jay Gould. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Dr. Gould. This is so fucking weird. What a weird weird guest star. What Uh, what university did he work at? Oh, hold on. I have his uh, info here. I just had it closed. Um, But I... Okay, so first of all, as a kid, A, didn't know who this person was. Why would you? Yeah. Um, Why would anybody? (laughs) But once I found out, like, oh, he voiced himself, (laughs) I was like, okay. Um... So he was a uh, paleontologist, evolutionary biologist, historian of science, um, spent most of his career teaching at Harvard University and working at the American Museum of Natural History in New York. So he's a big deal. He's a, he's a big, big brainiac guy. Mm-hmm. He's a Harvard egghead, yeah. literally. And uh, I guess they wrote the, the, the part uh, thinking of him, but didn't really expect him to come and do it. And then he did. And they're like, oh, cool. So I, I just remember when I was a kid, I was like, like I assumed it was like Harry Shearer, you know? Like I was like, it, it didn't seem like a, a guest star. Yeah. It just seemed like a new character they had, f- they needed for this episode. And it was probably one of the cast members doing it. And as I said this time, I watched it last night. And even then I was like, is this a guy? Is this some <laughs> guy? Because his performance is so bad. <laughs> You think it's bad? I, I think do. It's, I think it's unmemorable. That's, I, that's what that's what I mean, right? Okay. Like it's it's so, eh. But it's not like for me, it's not bad to the point where again, like I just assumed it was one of the cast members, which it, are good actors. It feels so. like a sports cameo to me. Okay, D- that's just how how it feels. That's how it comes off, and I and I love that he's a real guy. Yeah, I love it. I love that they just got a paleontologist. A famous paleontologist, and I'm saying famous in the biggest air quotes. Yeah. And Quick, they, name five fa- paleontologists. Ross Geller. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> That's the only one. Stephen J. Gould. Alan Grant. <laughs> uh, uh, um, 
Uh, Ellie Sattler. No, she's no, a paleobotanist. She's... Damn it. Damn. Oh boy. Um yeah. It's a weird it's a weird little not even cameo, like a weird little guest star uh thing. Uh I do love I I like the moment where he runs up. It's like it's like hey, what were the test results inconclusive? Why would you come running like that? Can I use your bathroom? He got some good lines. Yeah. He does. Like, like fascinating, end. incredible, the most remarkable specimen I've ever seen. But enough about my work. Like, <laughs> that's really funny. That's funny. Can I use your bathroom is really funny. Yeah. And then the end. Yeah. I'll be honest. I didn't do the test. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? It's really funny. <laughs> jerk. You're such a jerk. You could <laughs> avoided all of this. You didn't even need to come to Lisa's house then. You're such an asshole. Like, why, yeah, why were you there? He just happened to be driving by and he'd use the bathroom and he saw her. He's like, oh, great. And he's like, what's the test? He's like, oh, shit, right. Uh, oh, inconclusive. Uh, uh, inconclusive. Um, but the other guest star yeah. is Lionel, or Phil Hartman. Yeah. Playing Lionel Hutz. Yeah. Uh, which is a welcome. I, I honestly forgot uh, his last episode's coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also kind of forgot we weren't past um, that already just because he hasn't been a presence yeah. in a while. I'm. That's gonna be a tough one, yeah. Because uh, that's realty bites. That's next. That's the next one. Next episode. <sighs> that explains why his part's so small. Yeah, here because they yeah. Because I was trying to I, w- I was looking through and I was like trying to remember the last time he was on. And I don't, has he been on this season yet? Nope. I don't think he has. Nope. Yeah. They get him for two episodes. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, we'll talk about that next episode. Obviously, yeah. we'll have an. Uh, probably a nice little tribute to him because yeah. um, that is a uh, middling episode for me but obviously oh, I love it I know but obviously his role is what makes it not a bad episode <laughs> for I'm me. glad you said for that me. I'm glad you said that because it's uh, for me it's like it, his role is what makes it a great episode sure. yeah and I think if he wasn't present I would hate that episode mm. but but because of him I'm like you know what I'll I'll still enjoy it I'll still like it and it's got that little asterisk of it being his final episode so i'm like i can't i can't call it a bad episode you gotta watch it gil you're hanging on by a thread and you know gil we'll talk about it but that's a great great line i like gil in that episode oh yeah of course you don't take this wall i brought it from home he's a disco stew he He, yeah he not have been brought back he's well he's the He's she's Sheldon Levine, yeah, and they put him in a real estate office. It's brilliant. It's great, and that's it. <laughs> but Especially since they've had Jack Lemon already, yeah, as uh, as Sheldon Levine, guy. yeah, as a Sheldon Levine type. Yeah. And then they're like, "Well, we don't want to get Jack Lemon back for well, this he's episode." Dead. Well, was he dead at this point? I think <laughs> Honestly, so. I couldn't remember when he died. But ninety-seven? No, okay. I think he was still alive in Yeah, I think you're right. But anyway, obviously they were just like, hey, Dan, can you do a Sheldon Levine impression? <laughs> it's like, of course. <laughs> of course I can. It's not good, but... <laughs> It'll do. <laughs> um, Lionel Hutz has some great moments in this episode. 2001. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like I, I was like consciously aware of who Jack Lemmon was when he died. It was one of those celebrity yeah. deaths where I was like, oh, that sucks. Yeah. Because like I'm sure like from you saw 80, him in 85 the... to 2000, there was celebrities that died that I would have been like, if I had known, if I had had the cognizance better, I would have been like, that's sad. But instead, I was just like, la, 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 I'm a kid. <laughs> Nothing's bad. <laughs> yeah. The world is great. I'll and live it forever. always will be. 
I'm going to live forever in a hot air balloon made I'm of chocolate I'm going to go to school and sky. have a career right away. <laughs> Definitely won't be considering going back to school at 35. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, he's great. I love him. He's got one of my favorite jokes, which we'll get to. Uh, but yeah, that's those are the guest house people. Mm-hmm. And a welcome Phil Hartman. Absolutely. I think he's got one of the funniest gags in the entire episode. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to take it unless it's your favorite joke. It probably is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. Is there... Okay, so the um, uh, Homer in this episode. The, yes, the Homer. The Homer the factor. Homer, the Homer factor. How do we feel about him? Where, where are we at in the jerk-ass scale? Oh, he's he's jerk-ass in this yeah. episode, but it actually works. It does. I think that's the thing. I like It doesn't bother me as much because... And the episode's not about him. It's not about him, so that helps for sure. Um, but even, I don't know, even the, the like... Like, again, it's like the doof the doofusness. The doofus factor is like overweighing the jerk factor. Like when it's, uh, you know, I'll give you a dollar to see it. It's like a dollar, eh? That gives me an idea. And it's like 50, 50 cents. cents. <laughs> yeah. Like, you fucking idiot. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like Homer in this episode. I still think he's like being a jerk. Yeah. But it's not, yeah, again, like you said, it's not a detriment. Maybe he's a jerk. Maybe not an ass. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably, that's probably, again, like it's weird that he like puts the angel on his car, ties it up, and then like honks and says, see you later, suckers. Um, it's like rather than just drive away yeah. with, with your prize, <laughs> he has to like he has to rub it in. He's like, I win, idiots. It's like he's too much of a buffoon in this episode to be able to be an ass about it. Yep, I think that's fair. If that makes enough sense, that that makes uh, a lot of sense. Did you finish your tailspin? I did. Well, let's uh, creep on over to the barley buds real quick, and why don't you tell people about the tailspin while I go and drink some of it? Great. Uh, well. See, I don't know if this could be called the barley buds because there's no barley in a gin smash, but there is juniper berry, so it could be the the juniper pals. That's a reach. Okay. (laughs) What's a J word that (laughs) describes like friends? The 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 juniper jolly jumpers. The the juniper jerks. Jack and apes. Cool. Juniper Jacks. Juniper Jacks. Uh, yeah, this is the uh, Tailspin Gin Smash, the uh, unofficial sponsor of my uh, trivia company, which is Tailspin Trivia. The very unofficial sponsor? Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, I mean, if you're a listener to the show, you know the, the, the storied history of the name DJ Tailspin and how it was suggested by Greg long ago. Possibly James. I can't remember now. It was me. Okay. <laughs> If you can't remember, I'd, I'm it sorry. It was definitely me. Uh, and I was uh, adverse to it. And then uh, our friend Christy, a uh, longtime listener, made a uh, fan art of me as DJ Tailspin. And I was like, oh, damn it. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and then, literally, I bought these on the way to a party a year ago today. A year ago today. Uh, maybe not to the day, but it was Holly's, our friend Holly's birthday. Oh, of course. Past and future guest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was on my way to her birthday party, and I went to the liquor store. I was like, I'm going to buy a, you know, a six-pack of something. And I saw these, and I saw Gin Smash at the top. That was the key thing I saw. I looked at the bottom. I saw, I think I got the, 
was it the, I think I got both a cranberry one and a lime one. I was like, oh, because I like the idea of these little like cooler things, these cans that aren't beer, uh, but I don't like vodka. Vodka doesn't sit well with me. And that's most of these kind of like cans that aren't beer. So I was like, gin. I really like gin. So maybe I'll try this gin smash. I brought it to the party, was literally standing there talking to someone. And they're like, what's a tailspin? And I, and I was like, because I was holding one, I was drinking it. And they said, what's a tailspin? And I was like, I was like, kind of taken aback. Like, why, like, why are you bringing that up? Like, that's weird. And then, and they pointed to it and I looked at it. And I'm like, oh, <gasps> I legit didn't realize it was called a tailspin until oh, I got to the party. Great picture of you with yes. it. Yes. And that's, that's so like after that, our friend Lindsay uh, took a picture of me holding it and pointing to it because it was when I was like, you know what? This is fate. I don't believe in fate, but this is fate. <laughs> and uh, I should be, my DJ name is DJ Tailspin. And I uh, haven't looked back. Nor should you. It's a great name. Yeah. Come up by, come up with by a great guy. That's right. Thanks, James. Uh, I, might, <laughs> I might change my trivia company name soon, but because people get confused. But I'll always be DJ Tailspin. Anyway, they're good. I like them. Yeah. Um, so, uh, do you want, uh, do you, what else you got to say about this episode? I was uh, I was thinking about that. I don't think I have anything else major to say. I feel like it's a good episode. I like the the religion like versus science thing and the way they handle it. I like the margin lease relationship. Um, and there's a lot of funny stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a it's a top one for me for this season. Yeah. Um, uh, carrying on with that, I think this episode plays really well today, and I really like how angry it feels. Yeah. And I think the satire is really on point. And it makes me a little sad that they aren't able to really hold on to this voice for Matt's, Mike Scully's entire run. Yeah. Um, uh, let's go to the reference desk. And while yes. I'm doing that, would you mind looking what episodes David X. Cohen wrote for this season? Absolutely. Let's do it. Because I've always, I feel like I've always liked him as a writer, and I don't know if he's done a lot this season. And I'm curious to see if there's ones I dislike that he wrote. Anyway, sure. Um, reference desk. Uh, so the uh, the uh, Lionel Hutz with the briefcase with just like a sandwich and a apple core in it is uh, apparently a reference to Falling Down by Michael Douglas. Totally. Yes. I haven't he- seen that movie, but. Um, yeah, Michael Douglas's character just has like um, like shredded newspapers and apple cores in his in his uh, in his briefcase, and he's been going to work, quote unquote, like every day until he finally snaps and uh, goes on a killing spree through downtown Los Angeles. Um, really, directed by Joel Schumacher. <laughs> <laughs> it's always funny to me. Uh, a year later, he does Batman Forever. So there he you go. He sure does. Um, and then he goes on to do Phantom of the Opera with Gerald, Gerard Butler. Gerard? Gerard. Not Gerald. Definitely okay. not Gerald. I definitely, I definitely had that <laughs> cognitive dissonance yep. where I'm like, is it Gerald? Am I crazy? Anyway. I would call him Crandall. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Carter is referenced with the Billy Beer. Sure. Uh, you mentioned you did not get that reference. I looked it up. Apparently, Billy Carter, his younger brother, made a beer called Billy Beer. 
for a while. So they elected and the wrong Carter. They elected the wrong Carter. And uh, it's actually also been referenced once before in The Simpsons. Uh, back in the season three, The Auto Show, Homer finds his like jacket that he took to like rock and roll concerts or whatever, and there's a can of Billy beer in the in the jacket still. And uh, Billy Carter is also referenced in Behind the Laughter when Jimmy Carter comes on with his uh, breakdance routine, and he says, got a brother named Billy, and his teeth look silly. Break it down now. <laughs> I don't remember that, but that's that's great. Um, so Handel's Hallelujah Chorus is, of course, what uh, Homer themes his angel song to. It's my angel. It's the angel. It's my angel. No one else's. And, of course, that just goes, Hallelujah. Next to <laughs> the rakes. Right. Uh, thank you. And then uh, the last one I had, and I don't know if this was a reference low or I just missed a bunch, but uh, Garden of Earthly Delights, Krabappel mentions, went to Skinner, um, which is a painting by Hieronymus Bosch. And a uh, fun fact about that is that that painting, even though it sounds like it'd probably be like, oh, Garden of Eden or something, it's actually a depiction of hell, uh, which puts a nice little fun twist on what Krabappel's saying to Skinner. <laughs> wow. Like basically saying, "Hey, do you want to do you want to venture into hell again?" <laughs> Which is her hot. her bits apparently. Um, that's all I had. Uh, so you asked about David X, and he's Nay S, and he's uh he's been on the show uh, with one middle initial or another uh, since 1994 when he yeah. writes Nightmare Cafeteria. Yeah, he's um, been a, he's been a presence for a long yeah. time. He goes on to do Futurama yeah. uh, in '99. So. He's about to leave. Yeah. Uh, his final episode is Bart the Mother. Oh, and Boo. is that ten? Yes. Yeah. Um, he only has two full episodes uh, of, as a writing credit in this season. Okay. This one, and Das Bus. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, one of my least favorites of the season. <laughs> one of my favorites. Wow, and I know. <laughs> yeah. But oh man, I'm excited to watch that one again. I feel like I, it's possible I haven't given it a fair enough shake. I still stand by in my memory, the B story's garbage. But maybe the maybe the kids on the fucking island will be more entertaining to me when I watch it this time. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I still I maintain I hate the ending, but I think you might really love Millhouse. I mean, I, I usually do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he also writes the uh, Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie show. Nice. The Simpsons spinoff showcase, much mm-hmm. a poo about nothing. Mm-hmm. Lisa the vegetarian. Good. So he's got a ton of great episodes, and he has a writing credit yeah. on pretty much um, every Treehouse of Horror. Right. Yeah. And of course, twenty-two short films. Yeah. Interesting. I I honestly thought he would have been more prolific. Yeah. With full, with full episode credits. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, like that is kind of prolific considering he's been around for a while because he like people in the writer's he's no room Schwarzwalder. yeah he's <laughs> nobody is is the thing like if you want prolific writers you look at Schwarzwalder and it's yeah. like holy shit yeah he's just the first draft guy i mean because he lives in a bunker he yeah. doesn't have anything else to do he has a he, he has a telefax in a bunker and he just did you ever read his book Hell no. Okay. But I'd love to. I've heard it's weird. It's probably super weird. And he, it may be, there might be more than one. I can't remember if he's written more than one, but he's definitely written at least one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, favorite joke? Yeah. Um, <laughs> making her 13th appearance on Smartline is <laughs> Lisa Simpson. <laughs> Kent? Kent. 
That's a great little. I yeah. think it's wonderful. It's a nice, because we've never seen her on Smartline before. No, but it makes complete sense. But I sense. love that like that little like universe building uh, thing that yeah makes complete sense. Yeah, and her reaction can't. <laughs> She's an eight year old girl. <laughs> She's the, like a recurring panelist. <laughs> On a political talk show, it's ridiculous. I l- it's so funny. Um, I mean, mine is probably Lionel Hutz, his briefcase. I didn't mention the references, but like patting it and it falling open, and it's just sandwich in an apple core, and he quickly closes it. I mean, it's just it's. I can't remember if I named the shredded newspaper one of my favorite joke in that episode, but it's just, for some reason just Lionel Hutz and briefcases. <laughs> it's very funny. What about like a moment later when the all when the two guys are laughing at her and he starts laughing at her? That's too. very good too. <laughs> He's great. I love him so throughout funny. the episode because uh, he also comes back for the courtroom scene, right? No, he no, only he has the the scene out in the out in the desert. Uh, I mean, like he's he's there in the courtroom. But he doesn't have any lines. But he doesn't have any lines. His last line is uh, the case of finders versus keepers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. He's got a presence though. He does. Fuck. Whenever Sad. he's in an episode, you feel him for the whole episode. Yep. Yeah. And uh, let's see. Most of this season is Saw's Phil Hartman. Yeah. Which is why it's a bad season. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, how dare you? How dare you bring that up in the in that sense? Uh, I also wanted to mention uh, I really love uh, the, I think, the best Skinner moment. In this episode where he's he's like, I found a rock. Oh, it's just a clump of dirt. <laughs> Either way, my heart is pounding. <laughs> I do it's like Ralph's uh, Prince Skipper Skipnik. Skipple points to... <laughs> Ralph's being like flustered and yeah. like, yeah. I think That's it's, a rare thing to see as well. Yeah, I think it's quite cute. Yeah. Uh, his character will be ruined later in the season. Yes, uh, <laughs> I actually agree with you. <laughs> and uh, MVP. Lisa. Lisa, yeah. <laughs> Easy one. Yeah. Um, I mean, Shadow MVP is Marge, but... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah but I, it's got to go to Lisa. I think honorable mention to the angel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, does a lot with only a few lines of dialogue. Zero, in fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, we had a lot of fun here today. We did. This is a good episode. We had no guest. No. I don't know if anyone noticed that. We didn't. <laughs> what if we had a guest and they just <laughs> we just never introduced them? Ah, so, Camille. And so, they <laughs> so they just didn't feel like they could speak yet. And they're like, do I ever... Are you going to introduce me? <laughs> oh, by the way, we have a guest today. <laughs> just like, hello. Uh, this is uh, first time on the show, Dan Castellaneta. <laughs> uh, sorry, we didn't get to you. S- yeah, sorry. Sorry we had to cut time, uh, cut your time, but we'll we'll get you on next time. Whatever. <laughs> You can stay for another week. Great. He stays uh, in the guest room. <laughs> He's got nothing to do. Um, well, I think that pretty much does it. Any yeah. final thoughts? No. Um, good episode. Good season. We're having a great time. Both of us agree. You know what's fun? Is, mm. uh, so I'm going to add my little vote for this one yeah. as a thumbs up, yeah. obviously. Uh, let's see what the standings are at. I believe we have one, two, three, four thumbs ups. That's good. Three thumbs downs. Okay. One thumb sideways. I like it. What was the thumb sideways? Uh, city of New York. 
V Homer Simpson Dawn of Justice. Right. Of course. Of course. <laughs> One of my favorite episodes ever. Sorry. No, nah, no, nah, don't be sorry. It's what makes it fun. It's the it's the it's the mean-natured spirit that makes it a sideways for me. Cuz mm-hmm. there's some great stuff in that episode, but mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't like people being mean to each other. <laughs> ah, boy, that's just New York, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've been to New York twice, and no one was ever mean to me. Really? Yeah. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, people were very nice. Good job, New York. There was, like, weirdos that were, like, being weird. Sure. But they weren't, like, weird at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they'll always be And there. knock on wood, because I hope to go back. Um, well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with Realty Bites. Um, you can find us on the socials, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bad Neighbors Pod or Two Bad Neighbors. Uh, you can uh, email us at the Hammock District on Third at gmail.com. Numerical three. It's creepy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, subscribe to our Patreon. We are uh, very close to our goal, our, our stretch goal of $100 per month. Which will enable us to start Simpsons D and D. We have some upcoming things in the Patreon. We're gonna do some more um, Zombie Year stuff, of course. Uh, we got some requests and that kind of thing, so we're gonna do that. But we're gonna start our next uh, quarantine commentaries as well, pretty soon. Which uh, let's reveal it. Oh, do you want to reveal it? I want to reveal it. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be the Dragon Trilogy. What Which, does that mean, Alan? Well, <laughs> we're going to do, I think I'm going to get the years wrong on all of these. 95's Dragonheart. Definitely we're going to do Dragonheart. We're going to do 2000's Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to do 2002's, I'm pretty sure that's correct, uh, Reign of Fire. <laughs> this is going to be wild. It's going to be great. I haven't <laughs> seen it since 2002, and I loved it. Uh, I also haven't seen Dungeons and Dragons since whenever it came out, and yeah. I hated it. Yeah. Uh, and Dragonheart is a stone cold classic. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Sean Connery is a fucking dragon. Oh yeah. And Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid is fucking is a knight. Knight who's like I don't like dragons. And yeah. Sean Connery's like, but I'm the last dragon. He's like, okay, I like you. <laughs> uh, and David Thewlis is, as, he the, uh, is he the bad guy as the king? Yeah, it's definitely some. It's definitely an actor I know, but I didn't know when I saw it. This is gonna be great because I haven't seen these movies in forever, and they're. I mean, I love dragons. Man. Yeah, <laughs> dragons are fucking cool. This is gonna be fun. Uh, so those are our next uh, slew of commentaries that we'll watch the films and commentary over them. Uh, hopefully, they won't devolve into Oscar song guessing games. But yeah. you know, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> um, I had a dr- I had a nightmare actually mm. <laughs> about like checking our Patreon and like what the we have like. Uh, like over 50 patrons and our like total is like over $3,000 a month and everyone was just complaining about <laughs> about the Aladdin King of Thieves commentary. <laughs> I was like, no! <laughs> of all the times to blow up! And he circles the drain. <laughs> no! They're like, stop it. Stop doing this. I'm like, did you join just to yell at us? So that was fun. That uh, was I, had fun. To, I had to check it the next day to be like, was I crazy? Oh, yeah. No, we're still only at, you know, 82 or whatever. Uh, but we appreciate all of our Patreon, pa- patrons very much. Um, and we hope to keep uh, churning out content for you guys. Uh, 
who knows where this podcast will go once we finish season 10, but we still got a ways to go. So we're, 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 we got to, we have our eyes on the finish line. It's but so we, close. It's yeah. Like it's close, but it's not close enough for us to start seriously considering what, what next. That's right. So, um, so finally, um, folks, uh, there's still a lot of stuff going on in the world and I want to just tell you where you can, if you live in Calgary, um, donate to a fund to hopefully make things better. It's called the Calgary Black Empowerment Fund, and they have a GoFundMe. So go to GoFundMe.com and give whatever you can. Yes. Um, or, of course, Avenue Calgary uh, City Magazine also publishes um, excellent resources. If the GoFundMe is not your cup of tea, that's then they have uh, plenty of other resources that you can uh, check out um to your heart's content really you and um find a protest and go to it and also obviously we have a lot of non-calgary listeners so please we unfortunately don't know every single uh black lives matter uh organization in every every stretch of the world but uh they exist they're there please look into them and uh, donate if you can uh give your time if you can um let's uh yeah let's let's make the world a better place yeah let's do our best yeah and be kind. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Keep watching the skis.